Hello, and welcome to SG Squared. Steve Bladen, Global Small Groups Pastor at Saddleback Church, pulls from his 20-plus years of small group ministry experience to encourage and equip listeners to lead more effective small group ministry. Sit back, learn, and enjoy SG Squared with Steve Gladen. Welcome to SG Squared, Steve Gladen on Small Groups. Thank you so much for tuning in. Derek here along with your other host, Saddleback Church's Connections Pastor, Steve Gladen. Hey, everybody. Good to be on this show with you. And our topic today is about evangelism. And so, Steve, I wanted to start out asking you if you happen to have any kind of train wreck type story on evangel- evangelism maybe not going the best way. Well, I mean, this is the show is all about evangelism made easy for your groups. So let's just let's just dive into a couple uh, train wrecks we have. I think my I don't know if they're train wrecks, but there's they're so much. It was my parents got saved when they were 54. And they were so excited and so bummed that nobody told them about Jesus that they both handled it a different way. And my dad was, his idea was, hey, when I get, when I pay the bills, I'm going to put a track in every bill and I'm going to send it off. And so it was a, you know, turn or burn track. Uh, My mom was a little bit more aggressive. And when anybody would come to work on the house with something was broken down or something needed repairs, before she would give him the check, she would present the gospel. And she'd go, you know, I, I'm going to give you this check. But before I do, I want to give you something more valuable than this check. And then I, I would just, as a, as a you know, senior in high school, I'd be sitting there going, oh, my gosh, I just want to get out of this room while my mom does this. <laughs> and uh, so maybe it's more about me than it was about my mom and dad. But I think there's some more relational ones. But, I mean, how, how about you? I mean, I know somewhere rolling around in your memory banks, there's there's got to be a story or two that went awry. Yeah, one that jumps out to me is years ago as a youth pastor, we took a group of our teenagers on a mission trip downtown LA with an organization, to, and they told us each night we're going to go out and do evangelism in the city. And so, man, we're excited. We're thinking, okay, maybe we're going to hand out food. Maybe we're going to hand out tracks. And um, they bring us around this giant massive life-size cross, probably bigger than life-size. This thing was huge. (laughs) And we're like, what are we doing with the cross? And uh, this cross had like painted blood on it. And it, uh, you know, I think it said Jesus at the top or something. Or it said, you know, something like, you know, he paid for your sins. And um, they said, oh, well, we're going to do evangelism. And so, what this is going to look like is, you guys are going to carry this downtown Sunset Boulevard and take turns shouldering the cross. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sunset Boulevard, okay, this is like the party scene, the strip well, my club. My hood needs the Lord, but I don't know if that's the best way, brother. Uh, let's just say we heard everything you could ever hear on planet Earth uh, carrying that cross. and it, it start, I was... I was freaked out of my mind half the time when I was a youth pastor, but I'm thinking, is this the best way to do evangelism? <laughs> well, let's kind of jump into the show a little bit, and let's uh, let's use both our brains to figure out, you know, what are some better ways that, you know, it, it's, it, it's clear that there's this old saying, and I love it so much, it's, you know, uh, people always talk about being the salt and the light uh, into the world, but sometimes... Our salt is so salty, it gives us high blood pressure. And sometimes our light is so bright that, that it blinds us. And, 
And I don't think that's what Jesus wanted from any one of our stories or what our small groups are doing or things like that. So I thought it might be kind of cool if we would kind of uh, break into just a uh, evangelism made easy for your small groups and see if we can uh, kind of unpack uh, a couple of things. So uh, I know we're going to go with an acrostic called Life for One Life. What's that One Life? As too, we were too lazy to, to do an acrostic for the word one, so we just went with life. But uh, Eric, you want to tee us up, and I'll kind of fill in the gaps. Yeah, so uh, if, you, if you are familiar with the Saddleback world, we, we love acrostics. So here you go. If you're taking notes, life, the first letter obviously is L, which stands for live it out. Steve, uh, start out breaking this down for us. Yeah, and, and what I'm thinking about this is uh, so often we're the worst, you know, people to be advertising for Jesus. Uh, you know, it's like the whole saying, you know, uh, you're the only Bible some people will will live. And and I know when I get frustrated with this planet, with this world, I, I mean, I have a big justice bone that kicks up in me. And whenever I'm getting ripped off someplace or I'm not getting good customer service, my wife loves to whisper to me, you know, remember you're a pastor. And remember, it's more important that these people go to heaven than you get your justice, you know, figured out, which I personally hate when she says that. But, you know, she, she means well and all that. But it reminds me is that, you know, when we talk about living it out, every person we see on this planet is a child of God who God wants to get to heaven. I mean, Scripture is really clear on that in John 3.16 and 3.17. And, uh, and so the first thing we got to do is live it out. I mean, practical things like, you know, smile, be friendly. Don't be the grouch at the office. Don't be the grouch, you know, where your small group is, you know, parking cars all over the place that your neighbors get all frustrated. You know, don't be the grouch that, of your neighborhood, you know, things like that. So really just trying to just to blend in there and to say, before you think about doing evangelism, look at yourself and say, am, am I doing anything that would make people excited to see Jesus? I couldn't have said that better, Steve, and 100% agree. Uh, yeah, just being a loving person that cares, I think, is so key in this broken world, on your street, in your neighborhood, wherever you live, just doing those simple little things that are a blessing to people. Yeah. Um, serving them, being nice to them, all that good stuff. Okay, that's L. Let's jump to I. And now we're talking about the individual person. What do you mean by this, Steve? Yeah, I mean, we're talking about, you know, who's the one person. And I think what's so important in your small groups is you can do a quick 90-second exercise that really is, you know, who's one person close to you that needs to know Jesus and, and identify that person with a name. Uh, being able to say, you know, who is it in your small group? Like for, for me, it's Joe and Chrissy. There are people on our cul-de-sac that, you know, are really seeking hard for Jesus and trying to figure out who he is. And, and when, I, when I think of that, whenever you tell in your small group the names of the people that you're praying for, and this is the, this, you can't make it any more easier than this in your small group. If you just identify the names, if, if every small group you have and every person in that small group identifies a name, the accountability rises just a little bit. And so it's going to be super important that you, go, you get focused on it and you say, okay, you know, what 
who is that one person so that you can have it in your mind and everybody in your group can have it in their minds too. And they can be able to ask you, you know, how are they doing? How, what's happening with this? Give us the latest on this. Have you bumped into them? Have you had a conversation? What are you doing? So it just can't get any more easier than that. Yeah. There's something to it when you speak that person's name and then you share this person with others, it really does almost bring some evangelism accountability, right? When people start asking. Sociologists would even tell you that, you know, when you actually vocalize something, whether it's a goal you're trying to work on, whether it's a a habit you're trying to break or, or anything, but like when you, you're exactly right. The accountability, accountability level soars through the roof when you've mentioned the name and say, I want to help these people find Jesus. It uh, it really steps it up. So that was your I. Okay, let's move on to F. And um, in the notes here, Steve, you got F stands for the six Fs for building your evangelism pool. That's a mouthful. What what the F? Well, <laughs> well, let's go with what the F in a more positive way. But uh, so some people may say, I don't have the one name. Or the one name is just such hard ground that you, you can't get anything done. So there are six pools. There are six places where hopefully you can decide, do I, does somebody in one of these pools know, maybe they don't know Jesus. So the first F is family. Do you have any family that maybe don't know Jesus, that may live close to you, that may not live close to you, but... You know, who are the family that are close? So you can, can ask that. So if, if I was thinking, okay, my, my family, Derek Olson, he needs Jesus because he says, you know, what the F on, on air. So, you know, you, obviously there's something there going there. The other thing, too, is beyond your family, the second F is your friends. Who are friends that you know? Now, this is a great thing because a lot of us, you know, know that the longer you're a Christian, the less non-Christians you know. Uh, I know there's a study done a, a while back that said when you first become a follower of Jesus, you have a pool of about 50 non-believers. By your 10th birthday as a Christian, you have five. And so what, what you, what I've got to do, and Derek, I know you've got to do the same thing, is that when you're in ministry, you've got to have a concerted effort to have friends that aren't believers. Uh, because generally, when you're working in a church, they are all, you know, followers of Jesus, so, you know, hopefully with that. So friends is the second one. Third one is frequency. And what we mean by that are where are the places that you frequent? Like a barista, you may frequent there quite often. You may take your clothes into a dry cleaner so you see the same person all the time. You may go into a grocery store. It may be a hairdresser. It may be a barber. It may be someone like that. But, you know, there are places where you frequently go that you can, you know, understand that, hey, who are these people? If I don't know their name, I got to start to get to know their name. The factory slash firm, you know, in Saddleback, they all got to be F so we can do this. So whether you're in the factory or whether you're in the firm, what we're talking about is, you know, in the workplace, are there people in your workplace? Again, if you're a follower of Christ, you work in a church or a nonprofit that's Christian driven, you've got to be figuring out who I may have to go outside of my factory or my firm into vendors that we work with that might be there. The fifth F is fun. Do you have hobbies or are there things that you do? When the kids were young, I used to play in a, in a volleyball league. Uh, 
when they when they got older uh so you know obviously i got older and so you know your hobbies change and stuff like that you're less risky you know i was in a mountain biking thing and then i had an accident so then i had to get a different hobby and so now i'm just you know you know doing nothing but you know you got to get a hobby so uh like college sports which we're not talking about anymore today uh (laughs) but the sixth one is i think this is the cool one and this is the faceless people and these are the people that weren't on your radar but they were on god's radar that you bump into and all the time when you're walking around when you're going places you bump into people that they're not a name to you but maybe they are so this this particular letter in the word life is just saying Start to build your pool because you just want to move from one name in the eye to what are all the names that are around me. And you may find out that you have more people than you know. And inside the show notes, there's a little, um, uh, the six circles uh, that we'll put in the show notes. If you want to download it, pass it out to your group and you could kind of go through the same thing. Well, I'm glad you explained the six F's there and brought some yeah. clarity. Uh, and you know, or if I, I was going to say, I forgot in, in my notes I had there that if you have planning small groups with purpose on page 183, uh, you know, you can see the, the diagram there, but it's also in the show notes. Check the show notes for that. Yeah, that's a handy little tool just to kind of really make you think. Uh, there's probably a whole lot more people around us than we would consider when we go through those six F's, especially the factory. Uh, And then I like that one about fun. You know, what are the fun things you're doing? That's just such a great way to meet people, whether it's the gym, whether it's Steve surfing and SoCal, there's just people around to meet, right? There is, baby. Little shark. A little shark will come up and meet you on the surfboard. (laughs) All right, let's jump to E, which stands for expressive testimony. Break this down for us. Yeah. Hey, so, you know, obviously, uh, if you get the chance and you've built a relationship with these people, there's, uh, there's always an opportunity. First Corinthians, uh, three, six talks about some plant, some water, but it's the Lord that brings the harvest. And somewhere in, in that progression, you get an opportunity to tell your story. And it's important that you are expressive and you're relevant in your testimony. And uh, any of you that have played in team sports before know that you just don't show up onto the to game day and all of a sudden you're playing. Uh, you, you practice hard throughout the whole year. And so one of the things you can do is in your small group, you can practice telling your, your stories. And here's what we would encourage you to do. There is the one-minute version of your testimony that you may be able to get to share with somebody. There may be a three-minute version, and there may be a 10-minute version. And uh, what we overemphasize so often is we think we can tell our story right off the bat. And the Holy Spirit can do all kinds of things. But this E in the word life that we're talking about is use your small group to be able to practice telling your testimony. Set a timer for one minute. You'll quickly find out that, you know, you aren't quite as aware of, you know, what you're trying to tell in your story because most of us in telling our story, we spend a lot of time trying to figure out this whole thing about how, how we lived a crappy life or a terrible life. And we spend more time on that than how we found Christ or the benefits 
of what we're excited about being a follower of Christ. So uh, again, you got to be expressive and you got to understand what you're trying to say and what you really want to say. And there's no better, no better place to practice than in your small group. Well, there you have it, your acronym for LIFE, L-I-F-E. So, okay, Steve, let's, let's, let me ask you this. So let's say somebody actually wants to do this. They've been through this amazing acronym and the six Fs. They've got their names down and the people down in their life and their circle of influence. They've got their testimony ready to share. They're just eager beaver. It's the perfect Christian, not, they're not, not that they're perfect, but it's the ideal situation where this Christian wants to go evangelize. So how do they start doing this? No, it's a it's a great uh, it's a great question or point you're bringing up because it's one thing to know the names, it's one thing to to have the passion and desire, it's another thing on how you execute doing it, and um, and I and I go back to my mom and dad, they knew the truth, but there's this an adage that we talk about that it's it's you know you want to tell the truth, but it's built on a platform of trust, and trust is built on a platform of time. So you got to spend enough time with the person so you become a trusted resource that when you want to speak the truth, the truth comes out. Now, a lot of times in Christians, kind of like what Derek and I were just sharing in both of our stories, uh, we didn't have quite the cross in, in my house. I mean, I wouldn't put it past my mom or my dad to put, you know, a big cross like you're talking about, wheel it on out there, you know, before you talk to the person. But um, the thing is, we all know we want to we want to speak the, the truth to them, but we've got to use the, the principles. You know, you think of the guy or the gal that's at a major league stadium, whether it's, you know, you got the World Cup going, whether you've got college football or college basketball or sport, professional sports, there's always going to be somebody at those those stadiums or those coliseums, and they, they will have the sign that says, you know, uh, if you don't know Jesus, you're going to go to hell. Well, they're speaking the truth, but usually everybody wants to avoid those people. And what happens is, is that they have the truth. They're just not a trusted resource. And that's the beautiful thing that in your small group, with the parties your small group does, or with the events your small group goes to, the more you can engage non-believers or have non-believers come along, they see Christians that, that are real. So long way to say, you got the person in front of you. How do you start? And let me just go off another acrostic called speak, you know, and I know, Derek, this, this brings such joy to your heart, but it kind of helps you. So the S stands for just ask them what their story is. When you, when you meet that neighbor, when you found out their name, when you you have a conversation, one of the first things you can do, it might be, you know, do you want to go to church? Do you want to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? But the first thing I would encourage you to do is say, what's your story? Just tell me your story. And wherever they pick up, you'll start to get to know their story. Now, as they tell the story, as you get to know them, listen for a few things. Like the P, listen for their passions. What do they get excited about? You know, what are they hungry for? What are what are some of the things? I've had neighbors, they, they've talked to me about plants. They've talked to me about the tools that they've had. They've talked to me about the cars they're doing, the way they're going to remodel their house. I had one neighbor who was just 
you know, Mr. Dog Person, and he told me about his dog and the dog's birthday and what he was doing for the dog's birthday party, and it was going to be a surprise party, and I'm just like going, oh my gosh, this 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 brother needs Jesus more than anybody else. But, you know, you learn the passions that people have. The other thing you want to do is because we live in a world that is always eroded and it's always divisive is you want to do the E and that is think of how you can give encouragement to them. Uh, When I see my neighbors, I always try to spread encouragement to them, you know, regardless of what they're doing uh, with that. So that's S, that's P, that's E. The A is you want to listen for abilities. And what are some of the abilities that they have that you may be able to come alongside them when you need to do things? Uh, I can remember one time that, um, you know, with one of my neighbors, he was really into um, music and DJing and stuff like that. And we had a church events coming up and I said, dude, what kind of equipment do you think we need? What what kind of DJ do you think we should get? And things like that. So you, you can build a natural inroad with that. And then this, the K stands for knowledge. You know, always listen for what kind of knowledge do they have that you can learn more about. We can learn something from everybody. And the thing is, you want to figure out, you know, what you can learn. So you run into them for the very first time. You're, you've done the life acrostic. Now it's time to do the speak acrostic. And so what's their story? What kind of passions do they have? How can you give them encouragement? What abilities are there? And what kind of knowledge can you learn from them? And I think if you do this with your small group, I mean, evangelism couldn't be any more easier than don't focus so much on the harvesting. Focus on the planting and the watering uh, for your small group. Wow, and I just had a revelation, Steve. If you use both of these amazing acrostics, life and speak, and you put them together, you are speaking life. Come on. Come on, baby. Tell me that this show wasn't (laughs) meant to happen. Yes, you can speak life to that one life in today's life. And can you sing that Toby (laughs) Mac song real quick? I wish I could, but you know I can't. You're such a dog. (laughs) You're not speaking encouragement to me. You know, Toby's got that song, Speak Live. Yeah. Well, that was amazing. Your listeners, you're getting two acrostics for the price of one. I hope you enjoyed that. Hope you took some notes. Share that with your uh, teams. And we hope that you share this with your small groups because it will really uh, equip them to grow in evangelism. Well, thanks for spending part of your day with us. We hope this episode encouraged you and equipped you to better lead your small group ministry. And until next time, goodbye. And speak life. Speak life. (laughs) Thank you for listening to Steve Gladen on Small Groups. If you like what you've heard, make sure you subscribe to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. If you want to learn more, make sure you check out smallgroupnetwork.com for more resources.